You're listening to episode 223 of the Mad Chatters podcast, June 12th, 2019. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. My name is Derek, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. Also known as that little piece of the banana that you refuse to put in your mouth. Oh my gosh, I say that about you all the time. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And joining us this week, back once again, friend of the show, and joining Jeremy in his very own studio this week, Jonathan Harville. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. This is an incredibly high-tech revolutionary modern studio so yeah amazing to be here three security checks and background checks as well he got past the armed guards and the moat and uh he's here at the undisclosed location at mad chatter studio Uh, (laughs) i love it we take things very seriously uh so with that being said we got a lot of very serious topics to talk about so let's dive in with a round of everyone's favorite serious segment the good the bad and the ugly. All right, Jeremy, I'm going to throw it over to you because this is a doozy. What are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about something that everybody sees on every trip, no matter which Disney park or resort you may be in, and that is doors. Uh, D O O R S. <laughs> oh, not not the Commodores. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure that people understand. Um, so these are like just things, like I said, that are very common. You probably have them in your home, uh, but uh, you run into them. But sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're ugly. So I just wanted to talk about it, and I didn't realize it was going to be quite the struggle for everybody that apparently it was. Well, let me tell you why it's a struggle for me. Because I mean, I don't really care. I think there are tons of. <laughs> I you can say no, no. that about 90% of what we talk about on this show. <laughs> Hold on. I mean, what I mean is I love so many of the doors that there aren't doors that offend me or are just like so atrocious that I can put the ugly tag on them. Uh, but I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we're just going to talk about doors. Any door on Disney property, good, bad, ugly. So you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. So my good door is actually we have Jonathan here, so it's it's not in tribute to him, but he's connected to it. Um, it's the door at the Yak and Yeti restaurant, the front door there, mm. which uh, Jonathan used to work at. So he saw it every single day. Mm-hmm. This door, I think, is so um, ornate. Is that a good word for? For it? some reason, I thought the word ornate was going to come out of your mouth. I don't know. Okay, good, good. Yeah, Yeah, but I just like the way that it's very intrinsically detailed. Um, It looks like it took a lot of time, and it looks like it cost a lot of money. And I just get this sense that that's the way probably it is in Asia, because the building itself is not 
taken care of, or at least it's given that theming. Like it's an older building, there's vines growing, you know, growing on the sides, and it looks like it's in need of repair. But the door has been maintained, and like thought has been put into that. So I don't know. I just like it. I I can't picture the door, but I I can picture like that building as a whole, and there are tons of great details on it. Like it's a very intricately carved house-looking thing. It's very heavy too. Oh really? Uh, yeah, okay. very heavy uh, to open in the mornings, and uh, we'd have to like there's like a stake, you know, to to so that it won't keep closing throughout the day. And it's a functional it's, door as it's, well. Yes. That is what we call the inside scoop. Yes. Right here. <laughs> Only here. You heard it here. So you can kind of see it a little bit in that picture. It's It's got really like fine details, like almost like a grid. It almost looks like a waffle, like the way there's yes. like the little squares. But then there's like little details inside each square. I like it. Yeah. Well, you know, one of our listeners informed us that Animal Kingdom is the park with doors on all their bathrooms. With bolts on them because of the animals. That does Whoa. check out. Yeah. Because, you know, like Magic Kingdom, a lot of the bathrooms, you just walk through the doorway and turn the corner. But Animal Kingdom actual has actually has physical doors that you have to pull open to enter. Because if there were an animal escape, you could go into the bathroom and lock yourself in. I don't know if that's like a federal regulation. That's a requirement. But uh, it's a cool little deep. It's a Joe Rody regulation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, if we're going to have tigers... We gotta have a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so my pick for good is in... Again, there are a billion doors I could put in the good category. Or, or like, ten. <laughs> but, you know, I rounded up to a billion. Uh, I really like the two side-by-side doors in Liberty Square. In the outside... Okay, so there's that outside sort of dining area by Columbia Harbor House and by the little Liberty Square Market where all those tables are set up. And the wall that is actually the back wall of Hall of Presidents has these two little doors with like these little fences around them as if they're the fronts of houses. And there's like a little garden in one and you can see in the window there's a doll in one. And I think they have the numbers 24 and 26 and one of them is turquoise and one of them is navy. Navy, And they just look like little colonial house fronts in probably New York City or, you know, somewhere in New England. And I just think they're really charming and they serve absolutely no purpose. But I think that's why I like them because Disney didn't have to do that, but they did. Yeah, they are very flat. Um, it's not a lot of like popping, uh, in any of those kind of facades there, but you're right. They are nice. Cause they kind of hide the, uh, what, what would be just a brick building for the hall of presidents. Yeah. And I think I like the colors like that turquoise door. And I think the, the brick wall behind it is almost like a rose pink color. And so it sort of pops in contrast. And have you ever thought about like how big the hall of presidents theater is compared to the space that it's kind of wedged mm. in? That's true, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, deep thought there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how your doors are non-functional doors, but my doors were functional doors. We're, see, we're, we're, we're <laughs> thinking way outside the box here, not just doors that actually lead to mm, places. Okay, I thought you were throwing shade on my answer for a second. Yeah. And if you're, if you're playing along and taking a drink every time we say door, <laughs> you are drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not even done with round one. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, what is your good? Um, so we're going over to Fantasyland in Magic Kingdom, New Fantasyland. Is it still called New Fantasyland, by the way? I don't know. Good question. Yeah, that, that moniker's kind of weird off after a while. Yeah. War off? War. Weird off? 
It's worn. I've been drinking every time we say door, so. <laughs> but going to Enchanted Tales with Belle, um, which is a charming little addition to New Fantasyland, and it's the magic mirror of that course, leads yes. into the next room. Mm. And it's just, honestly, it's the reason that I think anyone over the age of, like, seven would go <laughs> to that attraction is because there's a lot of really cool nerdy technology in there. Mm. And it's totally unexpected. It's just one of those wow, surprising moments that Disney did. I don't even remember if they hyped it up or marketed it before New Fantasyland opened or if it was just that kind of surprise and delight thing. And it's amazing. I mean, still, I know there are videos explaining it, how it works. I've refused to watch those because it just works <laughs> still so well. And yeah, the magic mirror opens up into this old wooden door uh maybe not as ornate as you know yak and yeti but uh it's a simple wooden door that leads into what you know we believe to be the castle and uh yeah it's just a lovely addition to Fantasyland. really impressive with technology it's a very good door i mean you cannot beat that door that's a great pick <laughs> yeah oh so good all right here's where it starts to crumble <laughs> <laughs> all right so my bad. Now, this is, uh, as we always explain with the segment, this is not something that's necessarily bad per se, but it just could use some improvement. So my bad is at Animal Kingdom Lodge. And if you look at the, the, the doors to the rooms, they're just normal, like, brown wooden doors, like what you would see at your local church. N- nothing special about them. But each door has, like, this shield that has been placed on it um, which would I assume to be some kind of African design and art of some type. But to me, it just kind of looks like what your local church would do if you were doing like, hey, it's Missionary Sunday and we're going to talk about Africa today. <laughs> and we make these sort of tribal shield looking things that we hang up. They just don't go far enough for what I would expect to be at Animal Kingdom Lodge. <laughs> Oh, they're a lot bigger than I expected. Oh, they're huge. But do you see what I mean? Like, they're just kind of like this random thing plastered to the door. Hmm. Sure. If our listeners aren't looking at it online, picture the Jungle Cruise scene where the tribal dancers are holding their tall shields that go from, like, knee to shoulder. And that's what that looks like. Yeah, they kind of have, like, what you would think of, like, the shape of an eyeball, but, like, turned up on its side. Um, And again, nothing, like overtly ornate about them they're just kind of like there and stuck on the doors i just think they could have done better if you're gonna do something you could have done a little better than just like what i could make from from materials at michael's okay i don't mind it but i know you you love the interior of that resort so if you're passionate about it i am too i I am (laughs) (laughs) okay so my bad is not really this, this is a terrible answer because I, they're all fine to me. But the placement of this door is a little tricky. It's at Casey's Corner. And it's the door that leads to the Main Street side of Casey's Corner by the toppings bar. I just think it's super inconvenient because it's already a very tight space. And people are trying to get in. And if you're inside, you're kind of like, no, use another door. There's no room here. <laughs> And if you're trying to get out of that door, there are people like maybe waiting for the parade or just like standing, having coffee or something. And you're like, excuse me, can I get out, please? And it's just like, it's just a little frustrating. But it's not my ugly because, I mean, it's 
it's a totally fine door. I have nothing against <laughs> the door. It's just maybe the worst placed door. Placement of the door, I gotcha. In Magic yeah. Kingdom. I could see that. I was in Casey's this past week, and um, why is that place always it's ridiculous? Slim. Yeah. It's hot dogs. It's not like it's uh, gourmet. They, there's just not room to queue up, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had the queue actually going outside, mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of interesting. But uh, side note, I got the vegan option there. Really good. I recommend it. Mm. That's surprising, but I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, I'm not big on the match meats, but uh, this had the consistency and taste of a nice hot dog. It was loaded with toppings, which, you know, <laughs> say what you want. Maybe maybe there was not even a hot dog in there. I don't know. But that's good. <laughs> good to know. Solution, go to the other toppings bar, because I've never been to the one by your ugly door. Really? That's the only one I've ever been to. Yeah, the one by the Emporiums where I always go, because we try to go right outside and find a table outside yeah. as, as soon as we can. So Yeah, smart. Yeah. And it's next to the mobile order pickup, right? Yeah. The, that yeah. toppings bar. Yep. So true. You're bad, Jonathan. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This. I think this is the official part where this falls apart. <laughs> I could not think of anything except an attraction that I'm honestly just not very fond of anyway. So any chance to kind of, you know, give it crap. Uh, the seas with Nemo and friends. Uh, just not a big fan of that attraction. I feel like it was very thrown together, and this particular door is an automatic sliding door. Uh, it's not the main door. It's like the one that leads into the rest of the pavilion or Turtle Talk if you don't want to do the the Seas ride. And it's just – it's blue, tinted. It's got some bubbles you know, pasted on there. It just looks cheap. I just think they could do better, but I think they could do better with most of that pavilion at this point. So <laughs> it's just kind of a broad statement really. I can kind of picture it. I, I need, I'll pay attention next time I'm there. You well, have just the sweeping blue wall, and then you've got the dark tinted automatic sliding door. It just it just looks kind of cheap. Yeah, there's not a lot you can do with like automatic doors in general. It's true. And that's most of Future World Epcot has those like mm-hmm. sliding doors, which I think is funny because probably when it was being designed, that was still considered like cutting edge technology. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing um, Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about growing up watching Star Trek, like the original series. Mm-hmm. And he said when he was in college and like studying physics and things and looking at the technology in Star Trek, he was like, oh, I can totally see us one day being able to beam people to certain places or this can come true or that can true, come true. And he was like, the one thing I always thought was the most ridiculous concept was that the door would open automatically when you walked up to it. And he was like, Boy, was I wrong, because that's the first thing that we ended up getting, you know? Whoa, and, uh, that's crazy. That's, that is crazy. Yeah. I will say the one on Star, the ones on Star Wars open up super quickly and close very quickly, and I'm like, we don't need to go there yet. But. It's like <laughs> Test Track. Like, like yeah. I always know the door's going to open, but it's just like half a second where I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, and when you think about like the infrared technology, it's not that old. Like Mm-mm. we kind of grew up with it being the norm, but our parents, like, mm. they were like, oh, that's, that's, you know, so futuristic that you could walk up to a door and it would just automatically open. Yeah. For you. So I get, totally get why they probably put that in future world thinking it was like the future. But now every, you know, store, every dollar general, you know, in the bad <laughs> part of town has one. Yeah. So it's not like they're functional. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
but I get it. They're kind of sticking. Sometimes, sometimes they can make something worse by trying to make it better. And I think that's a good example at Nemo. Just make it a normal door. Yeah. You ain't got to put bubbles on it. Yeah. To make it better, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it makes it worse when you do that because yeah. <laughs> it says you put effort into it, but it was really crappy effort. It's looking like a classroom window at yes. that point with the little like stick the on jelly thing. stick the one, je- the yes, gel stick. Yes, yes. You know? or back to your church reference if it were like under the sea theme at Bible school. <laughs> <laughs> under the sea, and the C stands for cross. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, okay, I'm gonna actually segue into ugly because my the only ugly I can think of are sliding doors. Oh, okay. And I totally get it. Like I said, they're functional. This makes absolute sense why there would be sliding doors here. But when you look at all of the individual buildings at Polynesian Village Resort, you know, they've got the long houses. Is that what they're called, I think? And they've got the 70 feel, 70s feel, but they're also very Polynesian and pretty still. And then you walk up to them and it's just at the end of every building are just these sliding doors. And I get it. That's what hotels use. But couldn't the sliding doors look like wood or bamboo or something Polynesian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're just black sliding doors. There was mm. some grass on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyway, so that was about ugly. I'm just like, it's such a beautiful resort. And then the sliding doors were the cheapest, most functional option they could think of. So, yeah. Agreed. I've got some low-hanging fruit here and going up, uh, just walking over to the TTC to uh, the monorails. Um, I mean, at this point, I don't think it's a matter of making these doors better. I think it's just, let's get a new freaking fleet up there and uh, just, just replace the whole thing. Because Monorail doors. I don't want, made mine I, well. I don't want them to open on my ride. That's clearly not supposed <laughs> to. I don't want a cast member with a broom trying to jam it shut, running. What? These are outrageous requests from a monorail. Gosh, Jonathan, you're so needy. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, when was the last time these were updated? Was it the 90s, right? That was like when they we got... The mock, was that the Mach 7s came out in... I, wasn't it like 89? I was going to say the late 80s, early 90s, wow. I thought. This is the last time we yeah. here at Walt Disney World got right. them. They got them you know, more and better in uh, Disneyland, but... Yeah. No, they're due, and um, they're due simply, if nothing else, from a practical function, because there's no way. Someone's going to die. I mean, the door opening on the ride, did it, I don't know if it left the station with the door open or if it opened mid-ride. Regardless, I mean, that had to be some sort of a turning point, a wake-up call for Disney to say, okay, we need to rush this, we need to get something in. Well, the flip side of that is now they're not opening sometimes at all, and guests are getting stuck, because I saw a tweet where they are like, We've literally rode the monorail three times around because our door won't open every time we're at a stop. I'm sorry, I'm claustrophobic. I'm gonna start uh, uh-huh. breaking me a window here. In a right, second. and we yeah. joked about this on this on this show because we were like, were the people at the station just like, this one's good to go? <laughs> you know, pats on the door. <laughs> Try again next stop. <laughs> uh, okay, before you give your ugly, Jeremy, can I guess what it is? Oh, you know. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> It is the beaded door in the Rock and Roller Coaster queue. Correct. If I was if, if I was Peter Griffin, this is my giant chicken. I hate these doors so much. Oh. They're so obnoxious. And then today I even Googled pictures of them and they're ugly. They're not even attractive doors. Oh, they're just like these multicolored. I love the feel. Everybody does. <laughs> and my eardrums don't though, because it's like <laughs> And 
why every it's like there's certain things that I should I should study psychology or sociology or something because there's certain things that happen at Walt Disney World that I just don't understand why they always happen. Why people feel the need to yell, oh, I'm having PTSD, just he pulled up a picture. <laughs> oh, that's it. That <laughs> Although it, it kind of looks like the memories now at uh, Inside Out. Now I look at it closely. Ooh, are oh. we getting a retheme at Rock <laughs> There's Rock. your retheme right there. <laughs> There's your rumor. Breaking news. Um, no, like it, why people feel the need to yell Tinkerbell every time Tinkerbell shows up anywhere. <laughs> like it's just a normal – we don't do it for any other character except Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. Why people feel the need – to run their hands up and down these doors every time they're in the queue is beyond me. But if I could ever set fire to one thing at Walt <laughs> Disney World, it would be this door. Yeah. Actually, you know what's probably going to happen? If I ever become rich and like these things, like they shut down Rock and Roller Coaster, they retheme it, and these doors go up for sale, I would purposefully buy these just so I know nobody else <laughs> could ever run their hands up and down them again. I was going to say, you know that next time I'm with you in Hollywood Studios, we have to do a photo shoot of you in front of this door. <laughs> All right. Like, it has to happen. Because what if it goes away tomorrow, and you'll never have a picture with you in the door you hated? I'm surprised this hasn't become, like, an Instagrammable wall, because it kind of lends itself to it. Um, yeah. That's another thing I'm doing. I'm trying to find new walls for Instagram. Um, there's so many good walls. I think we should, like, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I think we could start, our, start a new revolution, the walls of Disney. Because the, the pretzels just took off. <laughs> the pretzels <laughs> didn't take off because I got a new phone and I forgot the password. <laughs> and, and I forgot the email address that I had attached to it. Uh, things aren't looking good for the new idea. <laughs> So I just have to write these things down. Mm-hmm. That's what I need a secretary. No, but like, um, you know, that little walkway you walk under, um, like the bridge going from the Magic Kingdom parking lot to the TTC? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so they've painted those with like some like design. And I was like, TTC wall, why aren't we starting this? Oh, like, this yeah. could be the new thing. So I feel like, I feel like we're onto something. We could be ahead of the curve. Trendsetters. All right, uh, come back next time for our good, bad, and ugly Walls of Disney segment. Oh, that's a good, yeah, we should. And maybe I'll throw a couple pretzels in the picture (laughs) with me. Just to keep it current. (laughs) Pretzels and Walls of Disney. Johnny Steve. Uh, this is Jeopardy Indeed, where we um, give the answers and then we give the questions. So, everybody understand? All right. We have a- to do all the work here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, here we go. Uh, the answer is pop, pop, fizz, fizz. What is the sound I fully expect the Philhar Magic projector to make any day now? Just before it dies. <laughs> Uh, what is Mickey at the end of Fantasmic? Oh yeah, <laughs> and we all cheer. <laughs> Wait, like he says it, or I'm just kidding. <laughs> pop pop. Uh, what is my bowels after dining at the Electric Umbrella? <laughs> but the decor, though the theming, the though. decor. <laughs> Listen, I'm sold on it. I know, I like it too. 
Actually, that was my bowels after eating the vegan option at uh, <laughs> Cosmic Case. Rays. No, Casey's I was okay. Okay. But the vegan uh, Sloppy Joe at Cosmic Rays. That can't be good. Oof. Turned into Sloppy Jair. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, the answer is demonic, very dark and sinister. A nice callback to our uh, Yelp review game. <laughs> What is Jeremy when the guests seated beside him talk during Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room? <laughs> Yikes. Your <Yeah>. eyes glow. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> what is that time Ursula's head fell off and was just hanging by wires? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, mine has to do with me as well, Derek. That's kind of creepy. Um, mine is, what is my reaction when your stroller rams my ankle? All right. Um, the answer is perfect for the basic white girl in your life. What is Carly Rae Jepsen's cover of Part of Your World? <laughs> that is wrong and rude. <laughs> did you really not like that? I really did. So we did that playlist like weeks ago and Jeremy mentioned that one. And whoever was on the show with us, I'm so sorry, I forgot who it was. But we were both like, yeah, okay, okay, I don't know it. And then when I went back and edited the show and put it in, I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> I got a text the next day that was like, Carly Rae Jepsen was awful. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Hey, her full house for uh, Fuller House is just as bad. So uh, I'm okay with that one, actually. <laughs> Yikes. Agree to disagree. Uh, what is the latest piece of Orange Bird merchandise? Is it a Ooh. purse? Is it ears? Is it a spirit jersey? I don't know what they have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot. All right. Uh, my answer, or excuse me, my question was, uh, what is the new Walls and Pretzels account on Instagram? <laughs> wow, you came up with that really <laughs> Sometimes, Sometimes the answer you have written down is not as good as the one that uh, is just mentioned. All right. Um, the answer is, <sighs> oh <laughs> that was the answer is heavy breathing <laughs> i was trying yeah to... i thought i didn't realize you were gonna make the sound <laughs> then mine doesn't make sense <laughs> okay well we'll just go with i kind of like it better that it doesn't make sense now so go ahead <laughs> okay I th i'm fine with that i'm fine with that what are the only two words under the heading Attraction Synopsis on the Wikipedia page for Stitch's Great Escape. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, what is me after walking through the Space Mountain exit since they removed the moving walkway? <laughs> yep. I love you get close to the exit and then it makes you go backwards. It, yeah, exactly. And then you have to go back towards the exit. I'm like, y'all couldn't put a bench halfway through here? <laughs> Um, what is the sound you hear when you go up to see Teddy Barra sometime? Oh my gosh, I actually thought that. <laughs> I, I thought of the guy who's like, I'll be right up. <laughs> All right, and the final one. Uh, the answer is pretty durable until it gets wet. Okay, so I have an obvious answer and then another answer. What is a Disney drinking straw now? Because they're mm -hmm. paper. We get it's it. Good. It's obvious, okay. yes. <laughs> um, but also, what is Dopey's footing during the Fantasmic finale? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so oh. painful. <laughs> but the cast member was okay, so yes, we can laugh. That is why. Yes. Dopey's fine. 
Um, it's gonna sound a little dirty. I like it already. I'm gonna credit. I, I think Jeremy was hoping for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna go and say Brooke came up with this. Oh wow! Okay. I know, right? We're throwing the wife under yeah, the bus. I'm just saying, and she's yeah, not even we, here. This, yeah. <laughs> um, what is Tarzan's loincloth? it's in the meet and greet when it's raining guys that's what i mean okay yeah yep i get it okay there you go that checks out uh my answer is what is derek (laughs) just in general (laughs) i almost said what is jeremy's hair (laughs) oh wow again Uh low-hanging fruit thanks (laughs) (laughs) all right that was jeopardy We're going to spend the rest of this episode in Magic Kingdom, where we're going to take a closer look at the attraction vehicles in Magic Kingdom. So the cars, the rocket ships, uh, the elephants, everything you can ride when you're at the park. We're going to talk about the details, the theming, maybe the comfort, all that kind of stuff. And maybe, hopefully, at some point, we'll make you feel like you're actually there riding these things with us. Uh, So without further ado, let's kick it off at the first land you enter, which is Main Street USA. Jeremy, take it away. All right. So Main Street USA, as we know, it is themed to turn of the century, turn of the 20th century, uh, Edwardian Eastern coast, if you would, uh, and it's 4th of July, according to who you ask. Every every day is 4th of July on Main Street USA. And uh, so you're going to see characters walking around in that attire set in that time period. The mayor, unfortunately, has passed away. Now we have the city councilman um, who is walking around with some of the women who are advocating for the vote. Uh, You might see a fireman walking around, uh, the Dapper Dan's maybe singing. And with that kind of atmosphere comes vehicles. And uh, these vehicles, though, are very uh, limited time magic because you got to catch them early in the morning. Now, I am not a get up early and go to the park kind of a person. Derek is. So usually by the time that I've made it to the parks, these vehicles have been put away for the day. (laughs) But uh, that's all right. If you are a get to the park early kind of person, you can enjoy these things. So. First thing is uh, there's usually a horse-drawn carriage that is going up and down the uh, the streets. If you've been on Main Street long enough, you've probably twisted your ankle in the uh, railroad uh, ties that are going down the middle of it. But there actually is a real-life horse that will pull a trolley, if you would, on these tracks from pretty much the one end of Main Street to the other, and they kind of circle around and then come right back down. And... This is used during the show, so there's some entertainment that happens on it. But I think there is limited opportunity for a guest to ride up and down the street. 
Yeah, I've definitely seen it, but I think more times I've seen the show happen. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I, limited time magic was the perfect way to describe that because you don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but the trolley show is still worth seeing, even if you don't get to ride on it. It's still mm-hmm. fun because it's got the dancers and you know the sort of the clang, clang, clang with the trolley. What what is that from? That's from a movie. Uh, I think it's Meet Me in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Meet Me in St. Louis. It is, yes. And then it's also got um, Walking Right Down the Main Street, Middle of Main Street, USA. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they do, um, what's uh, the song from Enchanted? How Do You Know? Yes, oh, yeah. Yes. So it's a, it's a fun show. It's worth seeing. And it's a great way to start your day at the Magic Kingdom. Um, but as we mentioned, Limit Time Magic, usually those trolley shows are done by like noon, 11. Yeah. yeah. So. there. Um, I think it's because of the heat, probably. And the crowds. I mean, 11 a.m. It, oh, yeah. It's packed at that point, yeah. Yeah, we done welcomed everybody by that point, so <laughs> you're done. Uh, but some other vehicles that go up and down Main Street, and again, you got to be there early to see these. Uh, the Omnibus, which I thought was only at Disneyland, but apparently is in the Magic Kingdom as well. No, in fact, the last time I was there, I was so bummed because I actually saw it out. And you're right, it's not out very often. But, like, it had just left the station, if you will. It's not really a station. There's just a sign in the in town square that says it boards here. But it had just left. And I was like, well, I'm not going to chase it down the street because it goes so slow. Like, I can make it to the end of the street before it does. Um, but, yeah, we've actually seen it parked before because the fireworks, like, uh, the, the backstage exit, when it's really crowded after fireworks, it takes you back by the omnibus. And it's parked in like this little station. And I wanted to take a picture, but whoever I was with was like, they're gonna take, they're gonna make you put that phone down the second you take it out. So, mm-hmm. and this is like the double decker sort mm-hmm. of uh, yeah. vehicle. Yeah. So you can kind yeah. of get a different perspective of Main Street uh, from that level. I know friend of the show, Guy Selga, this is like his favorite thing ever in the entire universe. Mm. Listen, I would love to ride it. You guys have never ridden it. I've never have, no. I've never ridden any of the Main Street vehicles in Magic Kingdom. I have in Disneyland. Okay. I was going to say, we rode something in Disneyland. I remember that. Right. We rode the horseless carriage, which they also have at Magic Kingdom. It's probably been like a year or so, but I I rode it one morning, probably sometime last spring or summer or something like that, on the bus. Um, Yeah. And there was a time, it was probably last fall. I don't know what the current schedule is. They were running it super late at night, like post-fireworks in the last hour running the omnibus up and down Main Street, which is super rare at nighttime to see any of these vehicles out, if ever. And so I have never seen that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just unannounced. It wasn't something, and it probably wasn't every night. But yeah, uh, they were were running that sometime last fall. I don't know if they're still doing that. But yeah, these vehicles, I mean, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's any sort of like kinetic energy that you can add to a land. I think that's so important. And to you know, enter Main Street and to see these vehicles, it makes it just feel like a lived-in place. Hmm. Um, that's not just these stationary buildings, and of course the character, uh, the I mean the Disney characters, but also the the Main Street uh, citizens. Um, you know, that's why I, I wish that in Hollywood Studios we would have a red car uh, trolley that that moved up and down the street because we have the citizens of Hollywood. Um, all that stuff just adds so much to the atmosphere. Uh, with the castle in the background. Um, it's just very aesthetically pleasing, but it's also just fun to, I mean, we've been on Main Street USA, prop, I mean, hundreds of times, right? right but right. To, to traverse it in a different way is always welcome. Yeah, and you, you mentioned there's the horseless carriage. 
which is like a car. And uh, what you would think about like the old school with like the crank, you know, mm -hmm. in the front. Um, the thing I like about that is I always associate those with Walt because mm -hmm. you have those pictures of him in a similar vehicle mm -hmm. cruising around Disneyland. So there's something kind of a connection there to Walt. Yeah. And then the fire engine apparently comes out from time to time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen people ride that? Is that something I've seen the fire or I've seen the um, fire chief drive it. Yeah. out of the station and around town square i don't know i know sometimes they have it parked just as a photo opportunity you can sit up in it and get a picture honestly i hadn't seen the firefighter out until you got that picture a couple was like a month ago oh yeah yeah he's an interesting looking guy he's, he's a jolly old fellow i see him <laughs> quite a bit i bet you he's friends with uh uh Father, Father Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <Yes>. uh... <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so that's Main Street. Um, not a lot of vehicles, but you know enough, like we said, to make it uh, make it good. Well, it's funny that they're probably some of my favorites in the whole park, and they're the ones I've never ridden. <laughs> I just, I, I'm glad they exist. Yeah, I like the idea of them. Yes, <laughs> I like the. I like, it's kind of like people. We got a review saying we talk about church too much on this show, but I'm sorry, it's just who we are as, as human beings. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, we got it this week. Anyways, um, it's like when when I was growing up, Ed, uh, we canceled our Sunday night service, and uh, people complained about it. These are not the people that ever came to the Sunday night <laughs> church service. They just liked the idea that it existed, <laughs> even though they weren't a part of it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're going to move over to Adventureland now. A lot more vehicles... Uh, and we're using that term, as Derek mentioned um, earlier, kind of loosely to engulf anything that you may sit in during an experience of some type. Oh. Um, am I right about that? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> well, because I'm going to start with the, the worst attraction, I believe, in, in Vigilant, and that is the Magic Carpets of Aladdin. Oh, absolutely. I thought maybe you were going to say the benches in Tiki Room. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a moment and talk about those. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I wouldn't think vehicle when I think of the magic carpets, but that's just me. Listen, if Dumbo is a vehicle, the carpet is a vehicle. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the, the magic carpets of Aladdin have been there for many years. It's your simple spinner. No bells and whistles. It's what you get and anywhere else. Um, Wait. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I might be because I've only ridden it once. Don't the carpet? Can't you tilt the carpet? Yes. Yeah. You oh, can, really? Yeah. So you can move up and down like on Dumbo, but you can also tilt. I think forwards and backwards. I can also say I've never ridden this, or if I have, I don't remember. Guys, the only reason I know you have is the only reason I know I have is because we have a picture of us on it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> wow. You know, ever since the head injury. <laughs> from that ride <laughs> I think you need to give it a second chance because I kind of like the magic carpets of Aladdin Okay. it was when I moved down here and kind of revisited it because I kind of bought into that hate for it and I do not think it's in a great place I mean it is maybe in the worst place it could be but by itself it's cool to get sit inside or on quote unquote on a magic carpet I like the music that plays while you're on it. While you're on it, I like the experience. <laughs> what you're looking at in Adventureland, it's just once you step off and 
look at it and the placement of it and everything that I just think doesn't work. But I kind of like it. That reminds me of uh, there was a Frenchman back in the uh, turn of the century who made the comment that he loved going to the top of the Eiffel Tower because it was the only place that he could look at the city and not see the hideous structure. Oh, okay. So yeah. uh, kind of the same thing, yeah. yeah. Okay, but what do you think of the attraction vehicles? Yeah, I think they're cool. <laughs> it's, I mean, I Dumbo's the the chief. It's it, Dumbo's the greatest. I like the placement, and we'll get there later. But I like the placement and the idea of Astro Orbiter. But Magic Carpets of Aladdin, it's a little too squeaky. You know, they they could probably, uh, you know, use a little uh, update there, some WD forty or whatever. But it's I think it's inventive in that it tilts. It, it adds something a little bit different that the other two, the other two don't. I like to think that it wasn't supposed to tilt and it just <laughs> did and they were like, ah, it's theming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're definitely colorful. Like I was looking at pictures of all these vehicles earlier today and oh my gosh, the all the colors in those carpets and like almost harsh color. You know, it's not like subtle Arabian Middle Eastern colors. It's like neon 90 col- 90s colors. <laughs> well, and it that's the thing 90s. too. It's set in the placement of like a lush Sure. Adventureland feel, and like you said, the contrast with this cartoony, very stark, no uh, fading, no shadows. It's just like blue, purple, gold. Yeah. Um, it's a little hard. In Tokyo, isn't there the jas- Jasmine? Doesn't Jasmine have like flying carpets or something in, to- in Disney Sea? I think, oh, I and that's familiar. apparently it's just, obviously. I think it's just a, a spinner as well. But I think that the theming around it is a lot better. This is just whatever. Maybe we should ask. People that have actually been. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do they know? We um, speculate a lot on the show. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's it's fine. Like it's a carpet and you fly on it, but I, you know, it's nothing. Obviously, like the real experience in the movie where they're sitting cross-legged on the carpet, straddling each other. I mean, you're sitting in basically restaurant booths. On a I really carpet. was like, Derek, what kind of real experience flying on a carpet have you had? <laughs> no, no, no. In the movie? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah. They they tried to make a flying carpet, and they did. So. It exists. Okay, uh, we're going to go down across from the uh, carpets to the Jungle Cruise. And now these are iconic vehicles. Of course, the Jungle Cruise sort of themed to this, um, again, turn of the century, 1910s, 1920s, sort of a Teddy Roosevelt-esque kind of feel of this exploration, this uh, pseudo-imperialism in which you know people from quote-unquote, the modern world, we're going deep into the jungle, deep into these, um, for lack of a better word, savage locations. So that's kind of the feel the Jungle Cruise has. And the boats are appropriately themed to that. But they have fun names. And I have the names to these boats, if you would like me to read them. Yes. Yeah. Wait, aren't there a lot? There are. But uh, God bless Wikipedia. So here we go. <laughs> we have um, Amazon Annie. I should have read these before. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're all named after rivers, and I don't know some of the rivers. Well, let me try. Uh, Bomokandi, Bethan, Congo Kani, Ganges Gurdi, Irrawaddy Irma, Mangala Mili, Nile Nelly, Orinoco Ida, Rutshuru Ruby, Sankuri Sadie, Senegal Sal, Yusali Lali, Volta Val, this is my favorite, Wamba Wanda, 
um, Zambezi Zelda, Zambezi Zelda. And then a retired boat that retired in 2000 is Kwango Kate. Oh no, it makes you wonder why it had to retire. Yeah, now really quick, they get renamed to fun things during uh, the holiday overlay. Things like Eggnog Annie, mm. Burpa, <laughs> Candy Cane Connie, Garland Gertie, Icicle Irma, Mistletoe Millie, Noel Nelly, Orino Coco Ida, Reindeer Rudy, Sleigh Ride Sadie, Poinsettia Sal, Yule Log Lally, Vixen Val, Wassel Wanda, and Fruitcake Zelda. <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah. I did not know there was a Gertie Jungle Cruise boat. That makes me so happy. Yeah, and uh, only one of these is wheelchair accessible, if anybody cares. Oh, no, I <laughs> two of them are re- wheelchair accessible. So I, I think I've heard that it was intentional, but these do always remind me of that movie African Queen mm-hmm. with... Humphrey Bogart. And Catherine Hepburn, yes. Heigl, yeah. yeah. Oh, Heigl. <laughs> yeah, it's her most famous role. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, so I guess the biggest question that everybody always has is, are these boats actually being steered by the skipper? And I think the answer is no, if I'm correct. Of course they are. No, they're they're on like a nice track as they go around, but you have that feel that you're, Mm -hmm. you're sailing on your own and, you know, obviously your skipper's putting on a little bit of a show. Yeah. This is probably one of the most unique attraction vehicles we have in all of Walt Disney World because you have an onboard narrator with the microphone. You all sit in a circle with sort of your backs to the scene elements you're supposed to be seeing. I mean, I know you're facing half of them, but... And post-Great Movie Ride, do we have any other attractions with a like a live host? Uh, Kilimanjaro Safari. Kilimanjaro, that's right. But uh, yeah, those are the only two. Yeah. I always thought it was interesting how loud the boats are mm. compared to the the mic, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sound of your skipper, because it really can be hard to hear at times, depending on where you're seated, how loud your skipper is, and how obnoxious your fellow guests are. Yeah. I love these boats, but now that you say that, I do think they could make some improvements, but, I mean, they never will, just because they're so classic. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe they... I don't know what they run on, if they run on any sort of... Uh, gas power or electric power or steam power but i would think maybe as the future comes they might get more environmentally friendly hmm. yeah interesting i think they're called steamers oh really like okay a, like a riverboat steamer yeah i don't know um and then the other ride vehicle that you can find in adventureland is at pirates of the caribbean and that is your kind of basic simple mm-hmm. Almost feels like the kind of uh, sandbox you might buy at Walmart when you're a kid, just like a plastic. Oh my gosh, bowl. yes! <laughs> and that's for Pirates of the Caribbean. No real, real flair or anything at all. Fancy, I don't think there's anything know? themed on there, right? It is 100% functionality on those. You know, let's load them up and send them on. Yeah. yeah. And now, I mean, it really glares in, like, pictures. Like, you just see how basic the boats are now that they have the on-ride photo. I mean, there's not even really some, like, nice color to them. They're just brown. Yeah. It's like skin color or dirt. And they are not (laughs) comfortable. No. And, you know, my biggest gripe with a lot of people is why you have to step on the seat as you're walking in. Like, just step down. It's it's two inches lower. (laughs) And then I don't have to sit on your wet footprint the whole time yeah 
<laughs> and also, I don't know if this is a vehicle flaw or a ride flaw, but you know, when you get to the bottom of the drop and the front of the boat just bangs back and forth between the two <laughs> sides of the flue, it's like boom, 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 until it finally straightens out again. Yeah. And depending on the weight distribution of your boat, you might get a little wet mm-hmm. as well. So I have only great things to say about Pirates of the Caribbean, but the, the vehicle's <laughs> probably the weakest part. Yeah. Well, I mean, do we really need a, a a massive ornate boat? I mean, you're in the dark most of the time anyways. You're not paying attention necessarily to what you're in. I mean, in the same way like a Peter Pan boat. I mean, that wouldn't work on Pirates. That's true. That's true. The seats could be maybe a little comfier, but... That's true. I'll give you that. That's why that's why Derek always carries his um, his hemorrhoid donut with him to sit on <laughs> during the attractions. Yes, we'll, we'll go with that. It also doubles as a flotation device. <laughs> you got to be prepared. I learned that in Boy Scouts. <laughs> uh, well, next, yeah, we'll go from Adventureland to the Old West 19th century to Frontierland. Uh, just, I think, one of the best... Uh, transitions from a land Mm. Um, I think only rivaled by the other side of well Frontierland Liberty Square to Fantasyland I think is just another great transition with the theme but anyway we'll stop first at Splash Mountain um, of course based on the band Disney film Song of the South (laughs) classic Oscar winning song of course too hot for TV Um, but yeah, the vehicle there, it's just kind of a classic log flume. Uh, I love the theme and, and the look of it. It is a, you know, pretty basic, I think, design, but, um, you know, still really special. We've got two to a row. Um, I think it faces the same problem of, as pirates where, you know, you step on the seat to, uh, then step onto the floor and you get a lot more wet on that attraction than you do on pirates. It does have that same problem as Pirates, because you guys know how much I love to wear my white pants to the parks. <laughs> and I just can't do that and ride Splash Mountain, particularly because of the the dirty footprints that end up on my bottom. Well, you still can. You I do, do, but, you know. <laughs> All the water in the ride washes it off. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I bring, you know, uh, two or three changes of, of, of white pants. Of you know, I change into them, carry them with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Of so. course. No, I, I love I love Splash Mountain. Honestly, I would ride Splash so much more than I than I do simply because it's it's just a water ride. I don't like getting super wet on rides, but ten thousand percent agree. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I because it's it's over ten minutes long. You just you kind of get to well, I was going to say you get to relax a little bit. There's there's some drops before the big one, so it's not quite a full on relaxing ride, but it's just such a delight with. With the theming, the animatronics, the, the music, everything—it's just such a delight. Um, and yeah, just to be kind of free floating along next to these amazing, elaborate show scenes—it's—it's um, it's lovely. Well, I love that it's an actual log. Yeah. Because it is a log flume type ride, mm-hmm. and I think we've we've kind of just be used the log flume as like a generic term for those kind sure. of rides, without forgetting that they're actually rooted in like actual logs going through a flume um so i like that they've kept that mm-hmm. i love the little ornate detail on the front it's yes. usually like brer rabbit yep that's yes. what I was, oh. yeah and it almost seems to me like an expensive car <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. how it has a little emblem on the front yeah. um the thing i do not like about these ride vehicles is the sponginess 
of the protection on the inside. And if you touch those, you have herpes. <laughs> yes. I, no, no. And they smell like the handles are kind of mildewy. Yeah. Yeah. Not pleasant. It's tough. Yeah. And I mean, just in the summer anyway, at theme parks, you're going to smell a lot of weird things, mm. but that's when you want to get on water rides. And so it's, and then it's cold when you actually want to ride because it does, maybe doesn't smell as bad. Uh, so it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough on winter <laughs> when you want to ride if you're anyone like me, but, um, my favorite thing about these vehicles is like the backs to the seats are kind of curved. So when you look at it, you see clearly these are two seats, you know what I mean? Like they're they're not really divided, but it's clearly two seats. And then every once in a while, the the guy will be like, "All three of you, go in this row." And you're like, yeah. "Holy cow, we cannot fit in this, <laughs> but we do it." Yeah. No, I, this is the only attraction that I have mastered getting in and getting out without touching anything. Oh wow! Like I I keep my hands up like I'm prepared for surgery, <laughs> and I'm just like, "Don't touch it! Don't touch it!" Because like even though I go straight to the bathroom and wash up, I still feel like it's on me the rest of the day. Something mm. about that. Like you said, that spongy funk. Ooh. Yeah. They added lap bars probably like at this point close to 10 years ago. Um, actually, I don't even know if it was that long. Is it just one bar that comes down or is it individual? It's just one. Oh, that would make sense when they're able to fit three. So, yeah. At least you feel very secure in there. That's nice. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, was that ever a problem, people jumping out? Or do you think it's just... There was always this – okay, and this was probably just something kids talked about at school, which I don't know how it made its way up to where I grew up. But anyway, people were talking about how this – there was this <laughs> this pregnant woman that was on Splash Mountain and then at the top of the lift realized, oh, there's a big drop and that she jumped out on top to get off before <laughs> – this was – and I've, I mean that's just – there was just some urban legend that was passed around. I don't know if that's true, you know, but that's what I heard. I don't – I bet that's not true. You know who but, that, that woman was? Bob Iger's mother. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, origin story. Because <laughs> he's only 30 years old. That's right. It checks out. Next, we can move to uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, and uh, yeah, this is, I mean, this is probably the, and this is going to sound like an insult, but the most generic thrill ride vehicle at Magic Kingdom, because you do see this at a lot of theme and amusement parks, which mm -hmm. is just, you have a roller coaster. Well, they want to add some sort of theme to it. Oh, it can be a train, you know, and but that doesn't mean that this one isn't still great. You know, it's just a little bit, you know, less special than a mine train or a, a rocket or something like that. But it's still great. Um, it's, uh, you know, what I what I do like is that it's not a super rickety ride, even though it looks like it should be. So that's I'm, I'm thankful to Disney for that <laughs> um, and thankful for semi-regular refurbishments for this. But yeah, I, I absolutely adore this ride. Um, such an amazing theme. It feels really grand um, when you're looking at it, but when you're on it, it doesn't feel... Uh, I know that Imagineers planned it where they were very intentional to uh, not make it where... They built the track and then built the mountain around it. But the mountain was always there, and then the mine, you know, was or the the cars were added or the the track was added later. So it does feel like you're weaving in and out of an existing um, real mountain um, that's maybe haunted. You know, the backstory is kind of convoluted and all, but <laughs> but yeah, this this is a a greatly themed attraction in Frontierland. 
Well, and the train, you know, every train obviously has an engine and then all the cars that we were riding in. And they think, the theming is it looks like as if they were doing mining. Like we are mm-hmm. sitting in those compartments where they mm-hmm. might put the coal mm-hmm. or the diamonds or whatever they're they're getting. I love these attraction or these uh, seats because it is the one lap bar. So if you are a skinnier yes. person and you are with a not so skinnier person, uh, you are just in the hands of Jesus because <laughs> you are just sliding everywhere. There's no mm-hmm. restraint. Um, yeah, it, you can just go just sliding anyway. all over. And yep. if you're like me and you happen to be by yourself, because I'm usually th- third wheeling, um, and you kind of sit up a little bit, so that way the lap bar comes down. But then as soon as it's locked mm-hmm. in place, you can kind of relax, and then you got some wiggle room. And on those turns, you can just go from one end of the car to the other end. Mm-hmm. That is living. Yeah. And yeah. in the back, in the back, because this is one of those roller coasters that when you're in the front, it just. <laughs> inches over the top <laughs> and then around the drop and then it goes but the back you just you're moving the whole time that it's is great. Derek's biggest complaint about this attraction if mm-hmm. I remember anything from our first trip it was riding Big Thunder Mountain we were in the very front and that going through the cave and then you know you come over the top mm-hmm. and then it just sort of like creeps down and Derek goes oh it's, yeah. it's, the, it's especially a totally the last different chill, experience in the yeah. front and back yeah yeah um, I do love the train in the front. I mean, they did not need to put a train in the front because it serves no purpose, but I love it. It's got the little bell hanging in it. And the other thing I like about this is that all the cars are separate from each other. So you can, when you go around a curve, you can see the car in front of you, or especially when you're climbing the hill, you can see the car in front of you sort of tilt to the right, but you're sitting there tilting to the left because they're just totally separate. And it gives it that feel of like yeah. an unhinged runaway ghost train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always compare this ride vehicle to Animal Kingdom, uh, Expedition Everest, where they're both kind of similar train feels, mm-hmm. but very different. Whereas at um, Everest, sort of the the engine, if you would, is in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they could use some of that technology and maybe update Big Thunder Mountain to where we could get some smoke coming that would out, be of, really cool. out of the engine. You know, that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, good vehicle, though. Good train. Yeah. It's long. It is really long. There's thing about it. Seats a lot of people. Yeah. Because some of those rows like splash, they'll put three people in. Don't I know it? <laughs> and I get I, I for for safety reasons, I understand why why they need to do this. But I do wish that the break, like the stop at the very end, was you know a little smoother. But <laughs> it flies in back into the station, and then you are jolted awake after i don't know i kind of like it because it just kind of fits the whole like this ride is rickety and Mm -hmm. just feels rough and control yeah yeah and then all of a sudden (laughs) we're just bringing you back in and wham you're back get out (laughs) it is the wildest ride in the wilderness after all Ah, it's true well before we leave uh frontierland uh lest we forget Tom Sawyer Island. No, you can't swim across. No, you can't take a canoe across. Mm-hmm. You got to get on a raft. That is it driven by the actual cast member, or is it on a track? I actually don't know. I would it's assume a- it's driven because how does the riverboat go through if it's on a track? Oh yeah, right. In fact, I think I've heard a story from a Disneyland cast member who said on her very first day driving the raft, she got in trouble because she timed it wrong with the riverboat, and the riverboat had to stop so they could cross. Oh, I thought she just maybe missed it and then ended up having to go like around the whole 
Rivers of America. <laughs> Actually, what happened was the riverboat just busted through her raft. <laughs> she got in big old trouble. Yeah, Disney doesn't talk about that. That's <laughs> right. uh, They buried that story. Yeah, but I, I love this because it's literally the only way to get across. Hmm. It's the only way for cast members to get across for any sort of maintenance. Not that they maybe even do that much maintenance on Tom Sawyer Island. <laughs> um, but I love that that is the only way you can get across. It does, again, we, we, I mentioned it when we were talking about Main Street, but it just adds to this authentic lived-in environment um and i mean especially just coming around from liberty square if you can time it to see the riverboat maybe pulling back into the station to see uh the rafts going across the water splash and big thunder in the background it just the kinetic energy there is 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 really magical so um similar to uh the jungle uh jungle book jungle cruise uh the rafts you know they're a little loud <laughs> yes they're a little uh you know, remind me a little you know, Tomorrowland Speedway, which we, we might get there a little later. Um, <laughs> maybe they could do something maybe a little bit more environmentally friendly. Maybe it's not an environmental thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know vehicles, but it's a little loud. And that's why we brought you on this week's show. <laughs> yes, of course, my expertise. <laughs> the thing about these rafts, I love that they match the aesthetic to Tom Sawyer Island as far as how in 2019 are these still like legally <laughs> operated to function. Yeah. Because whenever I went to Tom Sawyer Island for the first time ever within the last like six months, Whoa. never been over there. Always saw it, but never wow. went over there. Okay. And finally, I was like, I need to go over there. How is that? How it's is a different world not... over there? Oh man, <laughs> it's like it really is. Yeah. It's like the walkways and the paths, and then it's the just... bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but Ooh. as I'm riding the raft, I'm like, we have a hundred people crammed on this raft. We are going to sink and die. Like this is not legal. I was about to say, from far away, it looks like a, just like a floating cage of humans all standing <laughs> look shoulder to like shoulder. Refugees coming from Cuba. I mean, that's really <laughs> what we look like. Um, and then, <laughs> on top of that, the names of the boats, one of them is still named Engine oh, Joe. I forgot. To about this that. day. Yeah, that I is true. was shooketh. I mean, like, I am not, like, a PC person, but uh -huh. I'm very aware of the yeah. culture. And the fact that that still exists in 2019, the mm -hmm. year of our Lord, it amazes me. <laughs> it's it's a character from a historical novel. I get that, but there's a lot of historical characters that we're not going to put on rafts. <laughs> true. Very true. Well, once we come back from Tom Sawyer Island, after getting lost in the caves, we'll uh, find our way over to... Colonial America, uh, Liberty Square, which is a charming, tiny, tiny little land, um, <laughs> but houses one of my favorite attractions. But before we get there to the Haunted Mansion, we will uh, get on a boat. It's the Liberty – wait. It's the Liberty Bell. I was about to say <laughs> the Mark Twain. That's Disneyland, the Liberty Bell, um, which I don't know. Is it operating right now? I know that it kind of goes through some lengthy refurbishments sometimes. I think it's operating, isn't I think it? so, yeah. yeah. I hope so. It's it's such an amazing experience in the busy day. Any time you know, a family's coming down to visit or asks for you know, planning advice, not that I have anything particularly special to say, um, I always just – I always emphasize taking that time in the middle of the day, either to go back to the resort, you know, take a nap at the hotel and come back, you know, uh, and the Liberty Bell is one of those things to uh, just take a breather in the middle of the day. It's probably close to 10 minute, a 10 minute experience. Yeah. 
most people probably aren't going to take the time to do it um, because it's not a flashy attraction. It's just very serene, takes you around the rivers of America. And there's some show scenes that you can only see from uh, from the riverboat. And yeah. so it's just such a lovely, amazing attraction. I'm so glad that Disney has kept it around. Mm. Um, it does feel very old school. It does feel... Um, yeah, it's just very, very charming. And uh, three I, stories tall. Three which, stories. I love that you can walk around it too yes. while you're on it. You're not, you know, there's not a seat belt. You don't have to sit down. You can just kind of explore the ship and see 360 all around you. And scalding hot wounds if you're interested as well. <laughs> oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. So the last time we rode it, uh, we were standing in on the third deck in the back, right under one of the, I don't know what you call them. Pipes? I guess. Is that the engine? I don't know. The, the, where the steam comes out of. I guess that like blows the steam out. Mm -hmm. But every time it was like blowing steam, it would like sprinkle us with water that was like scalding oh. hot. Like Whoa. enough that you're like, ow, oh. Right. Ow. Like I would jerk my arm away and say, ow, that was hot. <laughs> so, uh, like hazard. Yeah. Third degree burns later. We're fine. Yeah, so that's interesting you say three decks, because I agree, there are three stories, but the website says there are four decks, and I'm just curious what they're talking about. I don't know if the bottom level is, like, split into two decks, or what? Oh, I don't I know. I thought it was three. I mean, maybe there's four, or maybe I just counted wrong, but I... No, there, there are definitely three levels, I just don't know what they consider a deck, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Anyway, it's a beautiful boat. Like it, it really. It's one. It's kind of like the Main Street vehicles. I don't have to ride it every time I'm there, but mm -hmm. it adds so much to that area. Yeah, yeah, and you do get good scenery and good looks. At, you know, at different aspects of the park. But there is nothing like taking a picture of the boat itself mm -hmm. as it's like going around the river and moving. Like that's really cool. Much so. more photogenic than. Pirates of the Caribbean, a flash so. picture of the boat or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially so. when the water's calm. Even at night, this is true. You get a nice mm -hmm. reflection of the boat in the water. Uh, it, even when it's parked there at night, you see all the lights on the dock reflected in the water, and it's it's nice. You know, I remember when they did the Princess Tiana show on here, mm -hmm. like back in like 2009. I wish they'd bring that back because that was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so the website says, cause I, you know, we've been talking about how do these boats work? Does the raft driver drive it? The, the website actually explains it for this one. It says an actual steam engine converts water. Uh, well, okay. It doesn't say who drives it, but it says how the boat works. An actual steam engine converts water from the river into steam that powers the large paddle that in turn propels the boat. Okay, so I can fully believe that that's what propels it. This boat, I would guess, is on a track. If I had to get it, it sure, yeah. okay. yes, yeah, yeah. yes. And then the rafts probably just cruise around because this boat, if this one wrecks, that's a big problem. Right. <laughs> well, well, you can see it every once in a while when they have to drain the river. Yeah, I think the last uh, yeah. time was probably for Disneyland when they kind of had to reroute stuff for Galaxy's Edge, okay. and you could see it completely drained. Yeah. Yeah, and they really were cool. offering a package as well recently where you could watch the afternoon parade on the boat. Not the best view, though. Terrible view, yeah. Uh, but I do love the giant paddle in the back, like the paddle wheel. That's Oh, gosh, this boat. So cool. Go mm -hmm. live your Steamboat Willie fantasies. <laughs> we all have them. But don't fall <laughs> off. Don't fall off like, uh, like Dopey. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and finally we'll make our way to – yeah, well, this is just one of my absolute favorite things in the world, and that is Haunted Mansion. Um, and, of course, we board Doom Buggies uh, to take us deeper into the halls of the Haunted Mansion. And, uh, yeah, I mean they're just creepy-looking vehicles. Uh, it just adds to the mood. Uh, they're kind of like clamshells. They just kind of envelop you a little bit so you feel – yeah, just kind of enveloped by the, I mean, this sounds very dramatic, but enveloped by the darkness. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels, um, I mean, totally engrossing into the experience. You're, whereas in Pirates, you know, you can look behind you and see the lights, you know, and some of the effects if you're into that. Uh, Doom Buggies, you're just kind of locked into what's in your, you know, in the, in the forefront here. So yeah, um, yeah lovely uh, vehicles. And you don't pull down the lap bar the he ghost will, the ghost host will do it for yeah. you i will lower it for you yeah i um again don't know much about these but i'm assuming they were done cheaply because there's mm. nothing really ornate about them mm. they do kind of have a tombstone-esque uh aesthetic to them yeah, yeah. so i kind of get that feel like this is a, a tombstone looking looking thing which may have been on purpose may have just been that's the cheapest option um, the effect of the ghost lowering it for you, I'm sure that was an afterthought because, but how great of an afterthought it was. <laughs> Nothing necessarily special about them, but similar to pirates, nobody's riding this looking for ornate mm -hmm. ride vehicles. Right. And yeah. this doesn't go into the vehicle itself, but the ride system, I believe this was the first of its kind. So like that whole Omnimover yeah. constantly moving attraction like where even when handicapped people have to uh board the ride it still doesn't stop it just goes a little bit slower it's always moving that way and it's it's always like turning you left and right so you're facing the scene they want you to face so i think that's maybe why they're not ornate as you say because they were all about this is a brand new system it functions in the coolest way that no one's ever seen before let's just pump them out yeah i also think they could get away with it and i don't know if they were thinking about this then but it's in the dark so you don't yeah you're not looking for those details anyway yeah. but yeah the omnimover pioneered by bob Gurr, couldn't go on talking about the omnimover <laughs> without crediting the genius so yeah i mean just and how i mean what a staple that ride system has become it's in so many different locations throughout Walt disney world disneyland i mean throughout the world in in amusement parks and things kind of like started so. at the 1964 world's fair right with the ford ride where they had the cars on the track no i think the ford ride was a very early precursor to the people mover okay system where like the cars were not propelled, instead there were tires along the track that would like propel the car to the next tire and then propel the car to the next tire. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I think that's okay. how that worked. Yeah, but dune buggies, of course, being a play on dune buggy, which you what are those are like the vehicles you drive on the beach or something like, like that? in the desert. Yeah. Or, yeah, but you don't. They don't look anything. No, anything no. like that. So it's just just for the name, I guess, to be cute and clever whatever but, uh, works and i like it so that disney officially recognizes that as the name of them doom buggies yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. that's fine I, I honestly didn't know do they reference it in the spiel at all i feel like doom buggy oh he might like before you board yeah they say but that's always just been in my i mean yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure they that's like in the official spiel or something but um i do love 
that and, – and this is obviously not just on a mansion or Omnimover attractions, but I love that the Doom Buggies show up out of the dark and no one's in them. Mm. And you just – and just – I prefer that anyway, getting on a boat and not knowing – like where the last where <laughs> or and it also just kind of feels it's either that it's mysterious like where did they go <laughs> but also it just kind of feels like we're the first ones starting on this mm. in this experience like this is our own experience and let it begin versus oh yeah how was it was it good <laughs> thanks you know, good, call. Yeah. good call yeah yeah well, there you go. Iconic. Certainly iconic attraction Absolutely. vehicles. Even if, you know, you might look at it your first time and be like, this is the most simple vehicle I've ever seen, but it's so not. Yeah. And I think really, with the exception of Splash Mountain, perhaps the first ride vehicle that we mentioned that you can buy, like, merchandise-wise. Ah, hmm. yeah. So I know, like, recently I've seen in the Christmas shop in Liberty Square, they have doom but doom buggy like ornaments mm -hmm. that have like the hitchhiking ghosts sitting in the doom buggy and there's also another piece of merchandise i forget exactly what it is but it's like them and the doom buggy so anytime disney does that i love it they've done that with some of the trains or i don't know if it's like a space mountain rocket or uh like a big thunder train what, what are those cars where you like oh like you pull them back and, yeah, and they let them go yeah go. Yeah. I can remember like the um, Happy Meal toys, mm -hmm. like back in the '90s when they would connect a lot of the parks with it. There's mm -hmm. one of like, do you remember like the Zoom, the the Viewmasters, where like you like, uh -huh. like, like, but this was like only one scene, and it was like Mickey in like Big Thunder Mountain train, and you held it up, and it was like a picture of Big Thunder Mountain. Ah, hmm. uh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, for a kid from the Midwest, that was all we had. Yeah. Well, you know, Matt, yeah. Matt has, back in, I don't know, the 80s or 90s, they sold a lot of these attraction vehicles as die-cast figures. That's and right. And he owns, like, a Jungle Cruise boat, and and, and obviously they're, they're scaled to size. Um, but, it, I mean, it's like the size of, I don't know, like a cantaloupe or something. What an interesting <laughs> reference. Uh, yeah, I know Shama. He had him in his office there. So he had like the Jungle Cruise boat and things. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so cool. Bigger than a Hot Wheel, but not like a cantaloupe. <laughs> it's, it's a cantaloupe. It's, it's a cantaloupe. A cantaloupe. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Thank cantaloupe. you. But I think this is such a great gift because as we're talking about on this show, all of these attraction vehicles are so unique to the rides. You know, they're not just like, well, let's put another roller coaster in there that looks just like every other roller coaster. Well, and in many ways, especially with, like, the Doom Buggies, they become a part of the attraction itself. Mm -hmm. Like, um, if they tried to, like, gut those and put something new in, we would riot. We'd be like, no, right. you can't do that. Right. You know, we're used to this. Mm -hmm. um, so they become a character in themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep going. Let's move on to Fantasyland now. Uh, if we're going in order, of course, coming out of Liberty Square, you're going to run into It's a Small World. Uh, kind of suffers from the same thing as pirates. It's the exact same boat, except with they color. Are, they are different <laughs> colors. You don't get the same brown boat every time. You might get a pink one or a yellow one or a blue one that are all very, very faded. Uh, but that's that's pretty much the concept of it's a small world. You know, some Imagineer called an engineer and said, "We need uh, double that order, but make it pastels." <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, and that's fine. You know, it gives everyone in the boat a chance to see easily what's happening all around you. So I, I really don't know what else they could do with this ride. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can say about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's functional. 
And then across the walkway, you come into a ride that on the other end of the spectrum has one of the most charming, beautiful, in my opinion, attraction vehicles. And it's Peter Pan's Flight. Mm. And for this ride, not only are the ships themselves wonderful, you board a pirate ship, there's a sail on the front and the back. They're all different colors, so you might get a blue and white striped sail or a green and white striped sail. On the back of the ship is this gold-colored uh, ornate. We'll go back to Like, there's gold ornamentation, basically, on the back that's just beautiful. But even beyond that, these are suspended from the air, which is unique from all the other attractions in Magic Kingdom. And so you're hanging, it's swinging a little bit, and you are flying in the air on your very own personal pirate ship. The thing that always impressed me about these is... The front view is completely obstructed. You are not seeing anything that's happening in front of you. You have to wait till it's beside you or, you know, within yeah. that radius. So it's very controlled viewing, which, I mean, if you were teaching a class about theme parks and theme yeah. park vehicles, it would probably be like rule number one, like don't block the view, you yeah. know, um, but they break it and it works. Yeah. No, I think because you, you don't see stuff coming off in the distance uh, it, it, like you said, you wait till it comes up right next to you, but that makes it feel all the more intimate that you're so close to these figures and so close to all the sets. Um, you really do feel like you're flying right next to it. Like you could reach out and touch, which some people probably have. Maybe, maybe. I certainly tried. It's funny because these are the exact opposite of small world where small world, excuse me, is function over beauty basically where a peter pan ship you almost see it and you're like you guys did not have to go that far like <laughs> you could have done with one less sail right. you know we didn't need all this ornamentation but i love that they did mm -hmm. you know it makes you wonder if they got to the end of they did the peter pan books and they or boats and they got to the small world and they're like oh we're out of money <laughs> like, uh, uh, we, we got some spray paint yeah yeah <laughs> Now, uh, Magic Kingdoms is an is om is an omnimover system, but Disneyland's is not. It stops to load. I wonder why that decision was made. I mean, obviously, when Peter Pan opened in Disneyland, that was opening day, so it wasn't you know the omnimover wasn't around yet. But I wonder why they've not gone back. You know, there's got to be some something with capacity that they're happy with at Disneyland. It does fine enough and magic kingdoms works well enough with fast pass and all that that it works but just find that really interesting that it's a different system yeah i'd forgotten that huh well i don't have an answer so we'll, we'll get back to you <laughs> next week we'll just let that simmer we'll that's put a, right put a pen in it great attraction vehicles all right uh we do need to of course mention prince charming regal carousel i don't know if there's a lot to say here we've seen carousels uh but I will say one thing I notice about the horses. First of all, I should say each horse is unique. So if you're looking at the horses, you know, the saddle might be a different color or the little uh, feathers or whatever they have on their heads might be different. They are all unique. Uh, they are all white horses, but the color comes on their saddles, on their embellishments. 23 karat gold leaf, I read is actually used in a lot of the horses. Real silver, real bronze. Uh, but the thing I always notice is that carousels can be kind of sketchy or like you don't want to touch the pole because it looks sweaty and there are fingerprints all over it. But I will say the horses on this carousel 
always look in tip-top shape. Mm -hmm. It's because they're regal, Derek. Oh. (laughs) No, Um, I have heard that there are spares, and that allows them to remove horses, like, in order. Like, there's a rotation to where they come out, they refinish them, they repaint them, and then they put them back on. And I totally believe that. You know what was my favorite thing as a kid? Side note here. Uh, when you rode a carousel is to find the horse that stopped at like the highest point and then tried to get on it. And you're like super high. I found that at, at uh, Cinderella as well. And usually bet, people yeah. want to, they want to put their three-year-old up there and they're like eight <laughs> feet off the ground. <laughs> this is not safe. Yeah. So, I mean, they're horses. What are you going to say? <laughs> yeah. It's, a carousel. Yeah. it's Caros- beautiful to look at. It's it is beautiful. Ride. Carousels have obviously taken many forms since horses, but I love that this chose the iconic like classic look of a horse because there is something regal about it. Um, I did read that they bought this carousel. Um, It was built in 1917, went a few different places, and then they bought this carousel and it's now in the Magic Kingdom. It's gone by a couple different names, but it's 102 years old. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, moving on now to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Uh, One of the newest attractions, if not the newest attraction, in Magic Kingdom. And you know they made a big deal about these vehicles when the ride opened because the whole thing was they're going to swing. You know, they're on a track, yes, but they're elevated ever so slightly to where the seats themselves can rock back and forth. I mean, what do you guys think <laughs> about that? I I personally was a little let down. Yeah, no, when I heard swing, I expected, like, hang on to your teeth, we're going back and forth. Uh. Maybe even doing a 360 at some point. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, it is it is what it is. Yeah, I don't even think I'd notice it, really. I don't think if they had mar- uh, had hyped it up so much that we ever would have... No, because I think I try to tell, oh, oh it's swinging, but it's the, I think it's the track that's moving like this, yes. or that's swaying that makes you feel like that, but... Yeah, I think the only, and the only time you can really see the movement is when you slow down right before you go into the dark ride section with the seven dwarves in the mine that you see in the the row in front of you just like doing this a little bit. That's the only time I've noticed it. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I don't even really feel it. So, And let me tell you, as someone who will wait 45 minutes for Navi River Journey, Ooh. I find this to be the most overrated attraction probably on all of Disney property. Oh. It is not worth the weight, in my opinion. So I cannot tell you the last time I rode Seven Dwarfs Mine Train because I refuse okay. to wait 70 plus minutes for Sure. It. Yeah, that's fair. There's never fast passes. That's fair. You, I have gotten Flight of Passage fast passes more often than, than Mine Train, that's for sure. Agreed. Yeah. Now, the thing about this the vehicle that interests me and fascinates me, though, especially considering how new it is, is that it is not accommodated for bigger people. I was going to say that I, I p- people who do have issues with that at other theme parks have said that this was the first time they have ever not fit in a uh, Disney attraction. Mm. Yeah. And it would be one thing if you're like, well, it's from 1964. I mean, people were not as large as they are now, statistically speaking, you know, kind of thing. But it's not. You know, you would think yeah. that they would have thought about that in 2012 when this was made. But um, and I'm I am, you know. I'm not a big person by any stretch of the imagination, but even me getting into the vehicle the first time I was like, wow, this is tight. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not like, 
there's not a lot of room in here. <laughs> I do think the theme is second to none of the vehicles. Like it, it looks like hand carved wood, even though obviously it's very, very smooth. Um, it's got the nice lantern on the front. I think it's a nice touch because it's supposed to look like, you know, a mine car that is, is for functionality. It's going through a mine and these dwarfs are going to be mining. Uh, but it, it obviously has the Disney-fied, charming, smooth look to it as well. And I think they nailed it with these vehicles. Yeah. And that brings us to the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh that rhymed. Okay, people hate on these vehicles. I think they kind of work because, again, the attraction is very flat. It's a dark ride. It's not anything special. The fact that they're little honeypots is kind of cute. I know they don't really look like honeypots, but I think it's adorable. And they're way better than the Disneyland version because at least they move to the theming. Right. They, they The movements match what scene you're in. Uh, I totally agree. I mean... A honeypot. That was genius. You're riding in a honeypot. I remember Matt one time ripping on these because they don't yeah. look like honeypots. <laughs> like what an actual honeypot might look like. Because they're very oval in shape, if not rectangular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, this is not real life. Like, we are not We're in, in Fantasyland. <laughs> Literally in Fantasyland. <laughs> so I say Winnie the Pooh's honeypot can look like whatever Winnie the Pooh's honeypot wants to look like. I agree. It says honey, H-U-N-N-Y on the front. It looks like it's overflowing with honey. And like you said, it has different movements. So you move like a normal dark ride and then you're bobbing as if in water and then you're bouncing with Tigger. So I think they did a great job with these. Have you ridden the one at Disneyland? Never have. Oh, so at Disneyland, you only bounce the whole time. Every scene. Oh. It's awful. And it's in uh, Critter Country, right? And you start outside, right? You start outside, and the vehicles, I think, look more like beehives for some yeah, reason. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I don't know why. I mean, obviously, honey, but you still. You bounce the whole time. You bounce. No, you, no, you do the bobbing mo- motion, so your whole body is sort of moving like in a circular motion just the whole time. Oh, really? I Whoa. thought we bounced. No, it's it's not the bounce scene. It's the, the sort of bobbing as if you're in a pond. Yeah, so you only do the one motion the entire attraction. Yikes. And it does not work at all. It just doesn't make sense. I would rather just be riding through the attraction. Yeah. All right, moving right along. There are a lot of fancy land rides, so I'm kind of trying to move through these quickly. But I do feel like Mad Tea Party has... I've used the word iconic a lot. But, I mean, when you... When other parks build rides that are like the Mad Tea Party, even if they're not shaped like teacups, people still say, let's go ride the teacups. <laughs> and it's because it all comes back to this attraction where they they themed it after Alice in Wonderland and you literally ride inside teacups and each teacup has its own saucer underneath it. And these are the vehicles that spin. Genius. And finally, Disney, within the last like year started selling actual teacups that look like the mm-hmm. teacups, which is brilliant. <laughs> yep. This is kind of like Splash Mountain in that. I don't like getting wet, and I also don't like getting dizzy <laughs> on rides, so I would do this more if I was okay with getting dizzy. I would like to just ride it. I know I'm I'm going to sound like a grandpa, but I just want to get on it and just, like, you know, feel the wind, just move around. I don't have to spin. Yeah. I can just kind of move around the, the circle there. Yeah, I wrote it um, just a couple of weeks ago with some friends. And, of course, I made the mistake of saying, oh, I don't like this because I don't like to get dizzy. And then it was, you know, mm-hmm. let's see how sick we can make Jeremy. Ha, ha, ha. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move over to 
Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid. Um, it's 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 back to Haunted Mansion. You know, they found a ride system that worked, these Omnimovers, and they just repeated it with Under the Sea. But this time, we do get a little bit more theming. We get the clamshells uh, with bright colors. You know, they had some uh, they had some leftover clamshells from Epcot and the Seas. <laughs> It says, send them on over. <laughs> they just reused them. Oh, yeah. gosh. I forgot. they Those are the same. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the same, same general idea. Yeah. Cause, but Nemo is is flat the whole time, right? Yeah. And I think. Nemo, you don't sea, have the lap bar. At, uh, under the under seas, the seas you have the lap bar. Okay. And you there's there's ramps and stuff, I think. Yeah. yeah. If you remember, Nemo, um, when you. I actually like Nemo's better, if you want to know the truth. Because when you get into it. There's like a little door in the very yeah. front and it kind of slides open and you sit down and the door shuts. Uh-huh. And so it almost feels like an opera box to me. Like if uh-huh. you were kind of that, whereas under the sea you have like the, the whole lap bar comes down mm-hmm. kind of feel. Yeah. Uh, I do. I think they did a great job with the vehicles themselves though. I think the design is nice. The colors are nice. Yeah. Works well. And then that brings us over to Storybook Circus, where we have two attractions here. Uh, first up, let's talk about the Barnstormer starring the great Goofini. Uh, I think they maybe changed the vehicles from when it was just the normal Barnstormer a little bit. Maybe repainted it. I, th- I don't think they changed it, though, otherwise. Okay, well, in both cases, it's supposed to sort of resemble a plane. Uh, the front car certainly has the propeller in the front. And then every other car maybe has like a roof over the top that, you know, resembles the roof of a small personal airplane. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about my neck, my back, things that oh. hurt. This vehicle is the worst when it comes to back pain. I agree. Kids love it before adults. It is painful. Yeah. And it's kind of deceptive because the seats look like they sh- they're cushioned, yeah. like they're kind of molded that way. Not. Don't flop thinking you're going to get some give because you're not. This is another one, Derek. You don't want to sit in the front row because <laughs> you're going to be going half a mile an hour by the time you get to the end of the ride because it's so short. <laughs> right. But, whereas uh, if you sit in the back, this is just such a thrilling. Yes. Yeah, you go a mile. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The back car actually comes off the track. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the okay. secret. Have you ever been to like a local? Have you ever been to a local county fair or something where there's the tractor who drives the six little cars that are made out of barrels? Barrels, yeah. Yeah, that's what this reminds me of. Yeah, this is definitely your uh, your local... Uh... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like I the propeller on the front and that it moves. And as far as the theming goes, just for the attraction... I think it was stronger when we had, uh, you know, in Toontown, the Mickey's Toontown Fair. But I do like that you fly through the sign and you've got goofy silhouette. Uh, that's probably probably the only addition and the cue elements of like Goofy's failed stunts. Um, those are probably the only additions that I kind of prefer. Other, you know, to the old farm from from Toontown. I mean, it's a super. It's always been a super simple ride, super simple theme and everything, but. Um, I think it honestly was my first roller coaster like really? ever. I'm pretty sure. I, and then yeah. I, gra- I think it is for a lot of people. I'm pretty sure that. And then I graduated to Big Thunder. And so I love that it's there for that. 
Uh, and now you have Mind Train to throw in there, and of course, always Space Mountain. So I love that Magic Kingdom has kind of the progression of thrills for for all ages. And I tell you, my favorite, or excuse me, my first roller coaster. Not a Disney, it's not a Disney, it was at Carowinds, which mm-hmm. is in North Carolina, 1995. The Hurler, which was themed to oh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World, yeah. yes. Wow. Nice little throwback there. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of first attractions, I think many people in our country and around the world can say that their very first attraction, or at least their very first Disney attraction, was Dumbo, the flying elephant, where, of course, you ride inside Dumbo. This sounds weird to say. Uh, but you ride aboard Dumbo the elephant. Uh, a few fun facts about this that I'm sure you've heard. But before they built the ride, their idea was for the ears to actually flap. And they realized that was not going to work. And then when they first built it, they painted them all pink because the idea was you were going to ride the pink elephants on parade. And Walt said... No, 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 that's stupid. It's got to be Dumbo. So they repainted <laughs> them all gray. And now, I, I, as far as I know, every elephant is totally identical. I mean, same color hat and everything because they're all Dumbo. Iconic. That's all you can say about this. Yep. People yeah. who don't know anything about Disney Park, never yep. been to a Disney Park, but mm-hmm. you ask them, tell me something, tell me a ride at Walt Disney World. They're going to tell you Dumbo. Or Space Mountain. Even though they don't know what Space Mountain is, they it's might say the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, every time an, a TGI Friday ABC show went to Walt Disney World, you're getting some shot of yep. the stars riding Dumbo. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Because it's so darn cute. That's true. And now, you know, we have the double Dumbo, which I'm glad we do, you know, for twice the fun. Mm-hmm. Um I love the water feature around oh. this. It just adds to it, especially at night. At nighttime is the best, yeah. Um, but, you know, you can't beat it. And then I love, too, that they've taken one of the ride vehicles and sort of made it a photo op out in front, which was the way it was, you know, before they moved it to New Fantasyland. But now it's even better because it's got a better backdrop and a yeah. better feel. So. Now, the carpets, I know, have two rows. In Dumbo, it's just you and whoever's in your row, right? Right. Okay. Correct. So that's a little bit unique for this, which I like. Uh, but like we'd said with the carpets, you can move yourself up and down. There's the lever at your legs. So, I mean, what's not to love? I, I don't ride it ever. Yeah. Uh, but really, what's not to love about Dumbo? The few times I have ridden it, every time I get off it, I'm like, that's a great ride. Mm-hmm. Like, that is pure Disney goodness right there. Yeah. That brings us to our final land of this week's episode, which is Tomorrowland. We're going to talk about all sorts of futuristic ride vehicles. Uh, you know, ideally, hopefully we are. Uh, let's start with the Astro Orbiter, since we're talking about spinners with Dumbo. This is the highest spinner, certainly, in Magic Kingdom. And your ride vehicles are rocket ships. Um, now, this used to be, I think, the Star Jets for decades. And y- you've seen pictures of old-school Magic Kingdom where they look like NASA old-school jets, rockets. Uh, but now you get kind of generic. Uh, I think there's some gold on them, some teal. They look like rocket ships. Um, my favorite thing about it, I've only ridden it once. It's with, you know, uh, we had him on last time, Aaron Wallace. You do sit, like, you have to sort of straddle each other on the seat because there's only room for one person in each row, but it's one long bench. But the seat belt starts in the back and goes around your whole party. 
<laughs> so you kind of straddle each other and share a seatbelt at the same time, if that makes sense. And it's, uh, it's very intimate. It's a very yeah. intimate experience. It, it's very intimate, and that was the first night I ever met Aaron Wallace. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and the only other thing I want to say about these is you tilt a lot in yeah. this attraction when it reaches when it reaches its highest point. You are like at a forty-five degree angle. You know, I have only ridden this once, and I think the the ride time is so short; it's not worth the ride itself. Um, but you get a nice view of mm -hmm. uh, imagining it, and it's great to look at from a distance to see yeah. those rocket ships that kind of in this futuristic fantasy of uh, Tomorrowland. Mm -hmm. It's nice. I agree. I think the look of these is perfect. Um, I actually, when we wrote it, this will show how long ago it was. The Main Street Electrical Parade was happening while wow. we wrote it, so you did get some good views. Mm. Yeah, if you time it with, just like Big Thunder, if you can time it with the fireworks, it's it's amazing. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. For those uh, 45 seconds, you're on the right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin down below. Um, I guess it's an Omnimover. It's constantly moving. Yeah. Very different from uh, Doom Buggies. These are very brightly neon colored. You control the movement of your vehicle, whereas, you know, Haunted Mansion kind of spins you one way or the other, depending on what it wants you to see. In this in this vehicle, one of the people inside is using a joystick to point you in what direction you want to go. And there are guns on the ride, laser blasters that you are using. Unlike Disneyland, however, in fact, there are two things about this ride that I don't like as well as Disneyland. Disneyland, I don't think you can control the vehicle. Or maybe you can. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm not sure. But but in Disneyland, you can take the gun out of its holster yeah. and move it around. So that way, if the person beside you is going crazy with that joystick, it doesn't affect anything. Whereas, I mean, I'm terrible at this no matter who I'm with or whether I'm controlling it or not. But the guns in Magic Kingdom are anchored to the ride. So if you're about to shoot something and then all of a sudden your vehicle turns to the right, I mean, there's no going back from that. For whatever reason, packed away somewhere, I own a die cast. I mean, it's heavy. Of this ride vehicle with Buzz Lightyear sitting, shooting the Astro Blaster or whatever. What? Why I purchased awesome. this, I have no idea. <laughs> um, it's packed somewhere. I'll have to find mm -hmm. it. But uh, how random. <laughs> I am not a diehard uh, you know, Buzz Lightyear fan, so... Mm. It must have been on sale. Any more thoughts on the vehicles themselves? I mean, they're ugly, but I expect that in a Buzz Lightyear attraction. So <laughs> I mean, they fit the ride well. It's like that bright neon sort of video game feel. But yeah. woof. No yeah. one's theming their, their bathroom to this. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's correct. Maybe their laser tag arena. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Space Mountain. We got to talk about it. Um, it, it's funny to me because Space Mountain and Splash Mountain are the opposite in the two parks. Splash Mountain has two seaters in Magic Kingdom, but you straddle each other in Disneyland. Mm -hmm. I keep saying straddle, but you that's, mentioned that a lot. Yeah, right? well, there's what? like one long bench. You straddle the bench, excuse mm -hmm. me. And then it's the opposite in Space Mountain. In Disneyland, you have the two seater, and then in Space Mountain in Magic Kingdom, you are all in one single file row. Your rear ends are very close to the floor with your knees at about chin level. Um, it is and, the fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> and the rocket ships. I mean, I think that's the theme of them. They're these white rocket ships. 
I love that these feel like they're from 1970 mm-hmm. and they have not changed. Nope. And you, every time you load, there's a small part of your brain that's like, this is the day I die. Mm-hmm. Don't put your hands up. Don't put your hands that's up. That's for sure. Pray this break works. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. Well, because you're in that position and, you know, you're, it's so, like, it's a small vehicle, you know? It's not this huge, grand roller coaster. Um, I mean, the vehicle and the, and the track itself, it's not super wide and everything. You, you know, it does feel like it's even more thrilling flying through the dark because you really do not know. I mean, we know, we've ridden it so many times, and if you've seen it with the lights on or a video with the lights on, you kind of know what's going on. But if you're very, just, I mean, you're very disoriented in the dark. And so it just adds to it. I, I love just space stuff anyway. And so mm-hmm. being in a rocket ship is just really cool. Retro so. space stuff especially is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And comfort aside, I like the look of these a lot because I think yeah. it does sell the re- rocket idea better. Like I love the, uh, the safety video they show as you're waiting to be taken off. And as they go through the blue tunnel, they're all like, leaning to the left and right to see around each other's heads, you know? Yeah. And they're like, uh, they're going alternating order. And you don't have to do that in Disneyland, but I think that's the fun of it. Like, ooh, where are we going? I can't see. Yeah. You can't, Listeners can't see me, but... <laughs> Derek was bobbing and weaving. You couldn't tell. Yeah. All right, well, let's go upstairs once again for the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. Now, I kind of mentioned it earlier, uh, but this was sort of adapted from the Ford Motor Speedway, but they came up with a new way of doing like linear induction motors is what they were called. So electricity, magnets, these this is what powers the trains. And um, you know, if you're using tires, like in the old day, those would wear, but this does not wear. Uh, just when a vehicle approaches the station with the electricity, it sort of propels the vehicle on to the next station where there's electricity and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the the vehicles are pretty simple. I, this is probably the only vehicle where it's two by two and you face the other two people in your vehicle. Not a lot of leg room. Uh, very square. But it kind of feels futuristic in its own little way. It also feels sort of like a diner booth at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It looks like one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but very, like, industrial feeling to me. I always get the feeling like these are not efficient. Because they're not sleek. They're just like boxes. You don't think so? Like when I think like efficient, I think like smooth and like aerodynamic. This is like a shoebox. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. On the outside of the vehicles, yeah. 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 But once you're in, this is... I absolutely adore the people mover. Um, I I think it is a gift from heaven. Hmm. Um, and, And being on it is just... It's just the best. It's the most. Yeah, I was talking earlier about getting on the riverboat. This is the thing to do. You you get on the people mover to relax. You get on the people mover to have great conversation, to take a nap, to listen to music. I've done all these things, and it's <laughs> and it's it's the best for all these things. Or people watch, have a you know, and that's the point in the on the actual ride, the spiel. To you know, you never know who you might see. It's just taking a tour of Tomorrowland. I know that the storyline. And the the on ride spiel, not that there was always a storyline, but the spiel used to be a little bit different. But but yeah, I absolutely adore this thing. I hope it never goes away. Any sort of slow moving ride that just takes you around an area, you get to see different things from different vantage points. Um, 
this is just one of my absolute favorite things at Walt Disney World. So I, I, I love this. Thing. Relax, take a nap, yep. conceive a child. They've all been done on the people movie. <laughs> I love, I love what you said about conversations. I think the fact that the benches face each other is a huge part of why I like this ride. I think if you were all facing the same direction, you would feel like we're not supposed to talk. And then it's just a 12-minute, yeah. like, boring, you know, t- tour around Tomorrowland. If you can get in there with just, like, yourself and one other person or, or two other people, you can put your legs up, you know, just just take it easy. It's, it's also enjoyable to be in the fetal position on the people mover, much go. like Space Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then, uh, of course, the Tron light cycle run is coming, uh, but we won't talk about that because we don't have it yet, uh, even though we kind of know what the vehicles will look like. But the last attraction in Tomorrowland is the Tomorrowland Speedway, the infamous Speedway, uh, where the cars look are like like cartoon versions of race cars, sort of. You know, race cars for kids. They've got the stripes on the hood. Uh, it seats two people. They are gas-powered, which means you certainly smell the vehicles from a mile away. And they go You hear up, them from a mile away. <laughs> you hear, that's true. Uh, they go up to seven miles per hour, but they are on a track, so you really can't go too far. And uh, this was down for a couple months while they were sort of getting the initial groundbreaking for the Tron coaster. Uh, I can report that within the last couple of weeks, they have reopened. So mm. get excited, folks. Wake the neighbors, call the kids. <laughs> have you guys seen uh, the, the vehicles at Autopia in Disneyland? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Way better. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. this to me is like generic carnival. It's just, you'll see this at your local fair. I really hope they would retheme these, you know, with the Tron light cycles. I think it would be cool to see them looking like Tron vehicles, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, to me, they look like a 90s go-kart place. If, you know, exactly. if, if one of those opened, that's what these, this, this is what those cars would look like. Whereas Disneyland, they, they brought out like retro looking, like a picture like a Jaguar in the 60s. That's what all of these cars look like, which I think is so cool. Yeah, go take your kids to the you know down on I four uh, to International Drive and ride the go karts there. They'll have mm. more fun. <laughs> it's true. It's a shame. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think it's just going to be interesting to see what they do with Tomorrowland. I don't think we know really is is Tomorrowland going to look like it is in Shanghai, um, you know, where it is kind of like this futuristic kind of expo center, um, you know, with Tron there. I I don't know because. It, it really just kind of depends. I mean, not that the Speedway fits at all now, but what if they had cars that, you know, lit up and, and glowed at night? You know, they, there's really a lot of stuff that they could do and maybe make them, you know, electric cars or something, <laughs> quieter. And I don't know. And the track, it's just miserable when you're on it. It's miserable to look at and miserable to hear. It's just, but it clearly does enough. You know, it gets enough, enough guest positive responses and, capacity and all that to to keep it open because people like it when they announced tron people thought oh maybe but sure enough in the concept art <laughs> there's the speedway now if we had wanted that to stick around it would have been demolished it'd been gone right <laughs> like <laughs> right interesting all right well we have one very important attraction left to talk about uh, but before we do that unfortunately jonathan i know you have to leave so let me just say right now thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure Thank you, guys. It's always a pleasure 
hanging out with you guys, talking Disney stuff, nerding out a little bit. So thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah. Until next time, do you want to remind, <laughs> do you want to let our listeners know where they can find you if they want to reach out? Yeah, Twitter and Instagram, that's where I'm at. Uh, at Jonathan Harville, just my name, keeping it simple. So uh, yeah, thanks again for having me, guys. Cool. All right, well, we'll see you next time. Get out of here. All right. <laughs> well, as I mentioned, we do, of course, have one attraction to talk about. We did not leave it out. We just wanted to wrap it up with this ride, maybe the most iconic of all the Disney rides because it certainly makes Magic Kingdom what it is. It's the Walt Disney World Railroad. You know, it's it's sometimes it's that first thing you see when you walk through the turnstiles. If you're lucky, it is parked there. Well, actually, you're going to be lucky for the next few years because it's not running right now since Tron is being built. But usually it's parked right there in the front of the train station. It's the perfect site to see when you enter the park. So let's talk about uh, these these steam-powered trains. What do you love about them? Well, I mean, obviously the authenticity of them, I think is uh, worth mentioning that these really look like steam trains that you've seen in the past, at least the engines, uh, how they go. You're gonna get that train whistle um, that you can hear from far away, which I think is impressive. And, uh, you know, the the whole all aboard kind of feel there's just like a lot of authenticity to them yeah we, we talked about early we talked earlier about how the jungle cruise might be the only one with on-ride narrator in magic kingdom but really there's a conductor on this who i believe gives instructions about boarding right yeah but then your narrator is pre-recorded sure sure but but this does have an onboard engineer who of course powers the train and an onboard conductor who gives certain announcements when necessary so that makes this unique as well you don't i don't know of any attractions that have two people on board who need to man it at all times yeah yeah it definitely is a functioning train that it is that (laughs) well i'm just saying like it's not like a press the button and the vehicle goes oh right right. it's not a train ride or like a train attraction it's a train yeah Exactly. Um, the, the Where you actually ride as a passenger, there's nothing really special about it. It's just kind of bench after bench after bench. Um, yeah, are all... F- there, now, there are four trains. Are all four of them forward-facing? I want to say, yeah. I think so, too. But Disneyland, at least one of the locomotives they have, is set up like the Rafiki's Planet Watch train. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, where, where you're all facing out. Which kind of makes sense for like the diorama scenes at Disneyland that we don't have. I would love to see one of these trains have like the car feel where like maybe you enter and it feels like an enclosed car with like tables that you can sit on either side. Um, That would be a really cool experience. That would be cool. I like that. Uh, But they're beautiful trains, you know, like... Nothing was overlooked. They have the canopies hanging over the top. There, I you don't really look up to notice them, but there really are these cool, beautiful lantern-looking light fixtures above you. I was thinking about the lanterns. Yeah, they they are kind of cool. Uh, it, it just has that classic train Main Street feel. I mean, that makes sense. Obviously, it goes more places than just Main Street, but to me, this probably fits cl- most closely with the Main Street era. 
You know, it's funny. I'm not a train person. There are people who are really into trains and really into uh, that as a hobby, whether it's models or like going to like train museums. People that you would not think would be into those kind of things are. Um, this always kind of makes me want to be one of those persons. Yeah. Yeah. One of those persons. That's that's proper English, isn't it? <laughs> sure. Or, or people. Either one. Uh, okay. So you named all the... Uh... Jungle Cruise boats. Can you name any of the four trains? Oh lord, I just know isn't the Lily the Lily Bell? The Lily Bell. I learned this on the Magic of Steam Trains tour, you know, so if any listeners ever want to take that at the Magic Kingdom, it's a nice little experience. Okay, um the the Dick Nunes? No. Oh. Is it is it a female name? No, the other three are male. Are male. Okay. Uh let's see. The um the One Tom Stags. Very obvious. Yes, Tom Stags. One should be very obvious. The Walt Disney? The Walter E. Disney. The Lily Bell. The Lily Bell. Um, the Roy Disney? The Roy O. Disney. Roy o. What was and the last, the last one is a male named after someone who had a very important part to play in getting these trains to the Magic Kingdom. Oh, yes. Uh, the Lou Mangello. That was it! Oh my gosh. <laughs> very good. No, it's the Roger E. Brogy. Oh, right there on the tip of my tongue. Well, (laughs) we learned about him a lot in that tour, but I definitely was not too familiar with him before that. So there you go. Those are the four trains. Um, I've said it a billion times. I'll say it one more time. Iconic. I mean, there's there's a reason that every park until Shanghai was built with the railroad going around it. Yeah, and I mean, that extends outside of disney parks as well now i mean that's just become it's almost like the teacups it started there and it's just become synonymous with amusement park entertainment yeah that's true that's true all right well listeners if you're still with us after all this time thanks for tuning in you know we hope you and we hope you enjoy this virtual tour through all of the attraction vehicles certainly a lot to love uh and a lot to take notice of next time you're at the park because it's easy to overlook stuff like that Uh, Of course, thank you to Jonathan for joining us. But if you'd ever like to reach out, you know, let us know your thoughts. Send emails to comments at madchatters.net. Have some fun with us over on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. We are at madchatters. We'll see you next time. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Okay, um, then Jeremy, you can uh, take it away. All right. I'm going to give you a little inside the magic here. You're going to see Steve in person. Um, it, we don't actually bring in the host of Jeopardy to do this, <laughs> or the, the Jeopardy announcer. Yeah. His name is Johnny, uh, what's his name? Johnny something. Knoxville. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he wow. punches himself in the balls and then does it. All right, ready? <clears throat> This is Jeopardy!